And we are rolling. Between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And don't do this. Mass movement destined to bear the jeweled crown of geekdom upon its troubled brow. It is we, mass movement's chroniclers, who alone can tell thee of its saga. Let us tell you of the days of geek adventure. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 57 of Mass Moon Presents, sponsored by Engineer Records. As ever. Hope you enjoyed the last episode, uh, our, our hardcore Royal Rumble. We certainly did. We certainly did. <laughs> uh, this time around we'll be talking about the BBC. It's 100 years old. Well, it's actually 101 years old this year, but you know. Um, we'll be talking about The Raven, the, cla- the classic... Um, Roger Coleman film. Roger Coleman movie, yeah. Um, the Blacklist. Um, Bullet Train, awesome movie. Uh, we'll be reviewing another book, and we'll be looking at some uh, more Disney stuff because we you know we love Disney. We love Disney. We love Disney. The deep dive this week will be the thrash core, hardcore. Well, the ultimate crossover bands of all time, from California. No, it's not. It's Cryptic Slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm going to give you Chris's home. Come on, you fuck him up. Oh, Cryptic Slaughter rule. Yeah, they do, to be fair. Yeah, I like, I like Cryptic Slaughter. <laughs> and we'll also be talking to uh, Jonathan Walker, uh, the head honcho of Slam Masters Wrestling from South Wales. They've got a big event coming up uh, in March. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for that. That'll be at the end of the show. This is Roger from Agnostic Front. You're listening to Mass Movement Presents. But first of all, we have to talk about the fact that uh, a couple of our worlds have collided recently. Collided recently. They have. In as much as uh, Vinny Stigma, Agnostic Front, has joined wrestling. He's <laughs> become a wrestler. Or, wrestling or wrestling manager. Yeah. So um, he was uh, he, he was in an event um, in Brooklyn for Outlaw Wrestling. Managing Homicide. Yeah, Managing Homicide uh, against Crowbar, who was managed by uh, Kevin Sullivan. And to celebrate that, we have Mike Hebner Davis back in the house tonight. Yes, Woo! Mike is back. So we enjoyed having him so much the last episode. Where we're going to bring him in again. Chris always enjoys having Mike. It's so much fun. It's nice to be let out the box. It's nice to be out. And have you kicked mask off once? It's always a pleasure. Oh, dude. The things he makes you do. The things he makes you do. So we we've all seen the clip, yeah, of. Uh, yeah. Stigma wrestling. Flying. Yeah. Flying Vinny. What is he, 60 odd years old 67. Now? 67 years old. Fly, What I'm assuming is his first wrestling match. Yes. <laughs> or wrestling, you know, involvement. Official yeah, 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 yeah. To be fair, right, he looked better in that ring than the Misfits looked when they were in WWE. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. So it was, um, yeah, Crowbar versus Homicide. Um, Kevin Sullivan was, uh, Sullivan was involved. Um, I haven't seen him for years. So. Well, he's like older than time. Yeah. He's like, uh, he was of, old then. 
Yeah. He was older than the 90s, like, you know. Um, I think his eyebrows are now in fashion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't Stone Cold run off with his wife? I think it, Stone Cold run off with Kevin Sullivan's wife? I think it might have been, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was a bit of a maniac back in the day, apparently, wasn't he? Uh, with with Kevin, Kevin Sullivan. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. lunatic, yeah. It wasn't like a stretch for him to perform, uh, like, be a maniac on on screen. No, no. Because he was such a fucking div in real life. <laughs> <laughs> When when he was uh, announced that stigma was going to be involved, uh, you can just see him in that manager role, can you? Mouthing off, big cigar, mouthing off the side of the at uh, the side of the ring. Like. Yeah, and just calling everybody jabroni. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, apparently, homicides are hardcore fan as well, so that's how that came would, about. I would just, yeah. I would love to have been there. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were in Queens because you know what I think about Bob Queens anyway. I haven't lived there for a bit with <coughs> a lady friend <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, how it going? <laughs> oh, she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know if this is the beginning of a new uh, sort of career for uh, Mr. Stigma, but I think it's time filling, you know, and he's just like Vinny's looking to fill in time between the next Agnostic Run talk. Because I swear, of all that band, I would, I, I really do think the one who gets bored most easily is Vinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he just loves life on the road. That's all he knows, and that's what he loves to do. Well, we had the pleasure last year, didn't we, of oh, meeting him, didn't we? Yeah. And, uh, but he's tiny. He's yeah. like the smallest human being alive. Yeah. He's so small. But he's a million miles an hour. I've seen yeah. people who walk yeah. away from him because they don't know what to do. But he's like um, the official meet and greet, isn't he, for the band? Like, yeah. He's the, uh, but, yeah, but you know, he is still one of the loveliest guys. Oh, totally, yeah, story, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. If anybody embodies hard, you know, hard, it's Roger Muir and Vinnie Stigma. Yeah. Because they're polar opposites as well. Yeah. I still remember that time when I, uh, Louise was asked, wanted a photo with him. And uh, he said, oh, do you mind if I give her, give her a kiss to Louise? So I'm pointing the camera, and he, he must have kissed her for about 15 seconds. I'm just holding the camera there going, ah, it's okay, Stigma. Yeah, but if, 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 if it was anybody else, you, you know, you'd do your right. It's Vinny, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hey! Yeah. It's okay. It's Vinny. Yeah, so uh, we're very happy to see Vinny Stigma involved in wrestling, and long may it continue. Oh, absolutely. He... he, he Homicide and Vinny now need to go to AEW and make this a point. <laughs> yeah. We're on TV every week. We're amazing. And, it an hour. But they could come down and make your <laughs> yeah. mistake. Could you imagine that? Like, two, two minutes of the greatest hardcore ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mistake. And down the ring comes Vinny Stigman Homicide. Oh. <laughs> but that's a box of Kleenex moments every single week. <laughs> He's got his own intro in here with the East Coast West Coast because yeah. ah, there's, there's a local wrestler to, to South Wales who uses um, the beginning of uh, the Gnostic Front song. Got to go. West Coast. No way. As is, and then it kicks into um, a tur- turnstile track. And I'm the only one in the rest in the entire bingo hall watching wrestling going, well, you know, the, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is it turnstile? Hey. I, I, yeah, Brian, it's, it's, yeah, no. Underdog. Yeah. <laughs> was the last band I ever got a black eye watching. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I forgot I can't run a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get too close. You see your crest and that bump, but you passport it, aren't you? Back when they were so small, they could play the globe. So, so, staying with the, this stigma wrestling thing, yeah. what are the sort of hardcore punk personalities do you reckon could make a good transition into wrestling, either as a manager? Well, Sam Punk's already done it. Yeah, but I mean, as as a performer or a manager, like I, I think Paul Bearer is Paul Bearer. Paul, Paul would be an incredible manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really would. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I, Paul definitely. Well, we discussed how, like, in the last episode, how Craig ahead is. We'll uh, just come out and bust everybody. Well, he pulled him through that rumble, didn't he? Yeah, we he all, just, we he all, all heard it. 
Please make sure you watch it. Please watch it. It would just be busted with me playing. And he could just go, you all old busted. They're going to cross the line. Loads of fans from all the years. Especially the, the, the last time every time I die, it's time it was only Revenue Street. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, um, Holy Now, you know? A band, that lunatic band from like California, like Crossover by Holy Now, who the singer DR was just one of the most intense frontman I've ever seen. <laughs> and he was, he dived off um, this sort of platform thing in the top of the screen, landed on his face, which is like an eight foot four, got straight back up and carried on. It's like, yeah, that's like watching a hardcore. That's like watching like CZW and his prime watching this. Yeah, dude yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I love CZW. Oh my god. But the ultimate has to be for the wrestling crossover is that rising video with Stack Mojo. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. He and everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd, um, I'd, I'd like to see Billy Milano in the ring. That, that'd, that'd be, that'd be fun. Classic, yeah, classic Billy Milano. Milano. Well, yeah, but I mean, again, like Billy was just. See, everybody gives Billy Milano shit to some like sort of right wing lunatic, but he's not. He's the absolute opposite. Like, he's just, just a general run in the middle lunatic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Ever see that speaker style stack he does, stack dive he does in, in the SOD video? Oh, and yeah. Stuff, and you just go, yeah, man. That's definitely. impressive. That's, that's like mankind's sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, that, and it's, that's not a small chap, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, well, it, was one, it was one small, <laughs> one small step for Billy Milano, one giant splash for the audience. <laughs> well, I can see Billy Milano wrestling with like you know, like a creepy sort of undertaker yeah. character, but Dan Nilka. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he can't be too stoned to do anything. <laughs> <Dude. laughs> hey, this is Sean Killian from Violence, and you are listening to Mass Movement. All right, cool. So, um, yeah, this year, or rather last year, uh, the BBC turned 100 um, did. so you know we thought we'd give us some love um, what's some, <laughs> some of the obviously Doctor Who is going to be big on our end the story that's, it, just, it begins and ends with Doctor Who for me I mean like, the BBC is just sort of yeah a bit too you know up its own arse sometimes it can be yeah, but it has produced some classic TV well I mean yeah oh, a bl- no it's amazing. Yeah, oh, no, Shit. I, yeah. it's it is drunken Saturday night. Come in, there's nothing else. Oh, yes, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I absolutely love the character Delboy. Absolutely <laughs> love. Yeah, can't stand him. Can't stand David Jason. Nicholas Lindhurst is now in the new reboot of Freaks. I've read that. Yeah. I was like, what? How, what? Louise didn't believe me. I said, "That's going to be amazing." Yeah. He's gonna, what are you doing? Yeah. He's, he's going to be the long lost cousin of places Niles. Yes, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about, I mean, some of the comedy, like Bottom, Young Ones. Oh, so yeah, all right, so yeah, you've got Young Ones, Blackadder. Yeah, um, Blackadder I could watch over and over. Yeah, uh, Joe Sonnenfeld used to have, once in a blue moon, you'd have a decent band. Like, yeah, the, yeah. The classic one is Henry Rollins. Yeah. Yeah, Rollins on. Metallica on there, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, At The Drive-In, I think, were on yeah, there. Yeah, the Drive-In. Machine were on there as well. Rage, yeah, yeah, Rage, oh, right. Don't sweat, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the worst thing you can tell, Ray. Well, uh, I guess it gave us the two Rodneys as well and, and Monty Python, so... Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> that falls under the Doctor Who pantheon, I think. I hate Doctor Who. Nah. Yeah. Nah, 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 you like talking, you don't There's hate Doctor Who. Where I was once in my back garden burning scripts and phoning friends going, do you want to wrap this next week? <laughs> you <laughs> bastard. Oh, you bastard. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't care because I have no desire for any of that memorabilia or anything like that. You'd have made Phyla cry if he'd if he known that. <laughs> Phyla would literally be crying. my house have been in like some of the latest series. Oh, wow. Phyla would have been crying. Literally crying. Um, 
I mean, so if you go to if you're in Cardiff, I I fully recommend going to the the museum at the moment in Cardiff because they got um, an anniversary BBC. Um, exhibition on at the moment. Oh, that's it's the all... thing with Bagpuss in it, isn't it? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Old, old... If Morph's not there, I'm not going. Uh, Morph isn't there. Um, I'm spinning his way. I know. There's a lot, like, a lot of the toys. Like, I the know old... the engine is there, isn't it? Yeah. It owns the steam. And it's basically based, it's a lot of it's based on like BBC Wales. Mm. So like the old news desk is there, you can have your picture done. There's like, um, there's a couple of costumes, like Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, uh, coat and stuff. Stick with Ivy the Engine. Do you not think Ivy the Engine gave people like a, like, a a strange idea of what Wales is actually like. He's got the yeah. little dragon come on the mountain all the time. <laughs> yeah. I've all puffed up the elite, but I mean, yeah, we, we grew up in like the uh, early, early well, 70s. late seventies for you, and early eighties for me, yeah. late eighties for you. Yeah, I'd like my biggest memories of of BBC is watching Tomorrow's World. Oh wow, yeah. Um, and Doc Cotton smoking a fag in the laundrette. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sports World was kind of funny. You always like, uh, when's Judith going to present some features on Sports <laughs> Of course, you're a big Neighbours guy, aren't you? Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, they, they gave me Neighbours. They gave me Neighbours. I, I fucking love Neighbours, really. The first four years, I loved. Yeah, but you kind of fall out on it. See, there was a thing. You watch Neighbours, and then you move on to, like, higher, better fare, like Prisoner Cell Block 8. <laughs> Prisoner Cell Block 8 was amazing. It was literally brilliant, you know? Yeah, yeah. You see, though, they did bring things over that you wouldn't have seen normally, like Fresh Prince of Ballet was on BBC. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. They bring comedies true. that you wouldn't see anywhere else until, like, Channel 4 picked up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Top of Pops I enjoyed as a, as a kid, because occasionally you'd throw up, I remember Megadeth, I remember Nirvana, I remember... Um, Do you remember the poor guy that edited the retro version to take out all the pedophiles? Yes, yeah. That's yeah, right. Sorry, yeah. the guy had to be like, again, taken off on the set because he was tired. Yeah. There you go. But he, again, it gives you like Jimmy Savile, right? For years and years, Jimmy Fick, Jim will fix it, like, you know. Yeah. Now you think about it, they do, they have the big medallion on Ryan's like, now then, now then, now yeah. then, jiggly jiggly. Uh, uh, oh, the clues all there, and like, yeah. the children of the oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the bastard. The cartoons they used to bring in with the kids' shows in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we do. They used to show the like the Saturday morning cliffhangers or the old Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers. Saturday yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. Scooby Doo. My my first exposure to Scooby Doo was from BBC Tea Time. You know, you haven't your you, your food. Then like Scooby Doo. Yeah, it? yeah. You know, what, what, what I was BBC. I was off sitting on a sofa. My grandmother would put on whatever learning crap was on Channel Two in the afternoon. <laughs> Make you pay attention. Do you remember the uh, the test? Do you remember uh, Blue like, Peter? I fucking hate Blue Peter. Yeah, I want to. It always makes you tired. Oh, like, no, no. like middle class aspirations, like all you children should behave yourself, make yourself a trace down. <laughs> make this, make that. I don't want to be fucking making shit. Really? Mr. Bacon. Oh, yeah, of course. Richard Bacon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you were late to the party. <laughs> 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 I'm lying a little bit lonely on that. But yeah, yeah. I love like stuff like um. <laughs> Life on Mars, stuff like Ash to Ashes. Um, I think BBC is still going. Well, yeah, yeah, and you have like some stupendous, Red the Wall. Yeah, some stupendous moments on like, Saturday morning TV, like with the Matt Bianco fiasco. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you have a question about Bianco? Yes, Mike Bianco. Why, why are you so fucking shit? <laughs> <laughs> that's you. you, you. And five star. It's Matt Bianco five star. Yeah, that's the danger of low TV, though, isn't yeah. it? You know. But um, I know they didn't catch me. There was um. So we're in this exhibition in the museum at the, at the end. It was like this board and they had post-it notes there and it was like, you know, 
you could just post up whatever message you want to, to the BBC, like you know. But me and my son, we were like this, just entirely not enough bottom quotes here. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, just like, well, that's the thing. gas man, gas man. Posting post notes, being left for suggestions. All I've got to do, I sit there with a pen, draw like 13,000 cocks <laughs> all on the board. Like. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I got a bit fruity, fruity, a bit. Maybe. Um, with <laughs> so, no, I, fucking, I got to shout out these arsehole security guards at the, right. at the museum, right? So, um, I walked, two people walked ahead of me, right, with a coffee in hand. Yeah. They went in, and I went in with a coffee in hand. Uh, two security guys with coffees in hands yeah. told me I couldn't take my coffee in. I said, oh, they just did, and you guys got coffee. And then Louise, Louise turned around and said to me, oh, what's the matter? I said, oh, the guys with coffee can't tell me I can't have coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, fuck you. But uh, the BBC exhibitions are awesome. <laughs> I entirely recommend going. And that's that. And that is that. <laughs> that's that. So 100, year, 100 years of the BBC summed up by Chris's fucking <laughs> coffee moment. Yeah. Out of museum. Droogies, boozes, trumpets and losers. Don't touch the fucking vertical. Don't touch the fucking horizontal. Because that's television. This is the Mass Movement Podcast. Take care. Rock hard. Rock heavy. Rock animal. And may your children be born with hair. <coughs> so let's move on. Um, let's go back in time and look at the Raven. The Raven. So where, did, where did you see this recently then? To... No, actually, the Raven's been one of my go-to horror films for 20 years. Did you search it out though? Did you watch it recently? Or so I it? saw it on, strangely enough, uh, BBC Two, because they were showing a series of Roger Corman films years and years ago. So they had like um, uh, The Telltale Heart, The Black Cat, and Master Red Death, and The Raven. Right. And The Raven always stands out in my memory because of this because of the three, because of the triumvirate it starts. So you've got like Peter Lorre, Boris Karloff, and Vincent Price. And it's one of Jack Nicholson's first films as well. Yeah. Um, Peter Laurie doing his sort of comedy shtick all the way through is the, as the fall for Vincent Price and Boris Karloff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got that wonderful line where Peter Laurie's in a magical duel with Boris Karloff. And Boris Karloff makes Peter Laurie's magical... Magic won't spend in half. <laughs> Peter Laurie just says, Oh, you dirty old man. And it's, <laughs> it still cracks me up. And it's just an hour and 30 minutes of beautiful wonderful sort of sticky yeah, yeah. horror that has nothing in common with the actual story by Edgar Allan Poe <laughs> yeah, apart from the fact that Peter Laurie's transformed yeah, into Raven it's very loosely based oh very 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 <laughs> loosely based but it's an absolutely wonderful slice of you know B-movie horror schlock the movies, those wonderful. movies are just pieces of art oh, in, in themselves it's aren't they, just right? and you know and young Jack Nicholson and young Jack yeah. Nicholson. You know, that his first role? Or one of his first roles? One of his very first yeah, yeah. roles, because he was a bit part player for Roger Corman, because he did um, the original Little Shop Horrors as well. That's right, yeah, 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 of course. Um, so, yeah, because he got his start through Roger Corman. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, Peter Laurie and Boris Karloff in the, in the sort of twilight of their careers, and Vincent Price just being Vincent Price. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely ruling. And yeah. The reason I think it's, we should be talking about this now, is because The Raven has popped up on YouTube. So anybody uh, okay. who wants to watch Raven can pop along to YouTube, just type in Vincent Price, The Raven, yeah, and the film will pop up there. I had the, um, Vincent Price is always one of those guys I, I would have liked to have met. Like he just, I had the pleasure of um, interviewing his daughter a few years back. Yeah. Uh, she's a, a, a author, public speaker, whatnot. And um, 
yeah, I had a chance to interview her, and she had some lovely stories about him. Oh, and dude, he just seemed like a really nice, gentle um, sort of character, you know? Vincent Price made some of the greatest horror films of all time, Theatre of Blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A perennial favourite of mine, just because it's so insane. And there's the Dr. Fives films, The Abominable Dr. Fives and Dr. Fives Rises Again, yeah. both of which are also on YouTube. Are they really? They are, yeah. Was it like a free Vincent Price uh, month oh, or something? Vincent, Vincent Price triple bill. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I watched, um, <laughs> I watched the bottom of Dr. Fives with Dr. Fives Rises again yeah. after half a bottle of bourbon on Friday night. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> this drifting in and out being like, eh, you kill him five, damn Tom, you get him good. Eh. Vincent Price's filmography reads like a Misfit album. Song title. Excuse me, reads like a misfit town one. It's over in 22 minutes. No. <laughs> Except maybe the Ten Commandments. <laughs> it's over in 22 minutes and it wasn't as good after Grand. Is that a nice What's your favourite Vincent Price role? My, personally. Yeah. Oh, Mine's, I'm, uh, I'm going to go as uh, Matthew Hopkins. I think it's the Tingler. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I forget he was in Edward Scissorhands, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Damn, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's definitely the tingler for me. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. And that's an old William Castle film. Yeah. Um, and one of the odd things about the tingler was uh, William Castle used to do this thing where he'd send out gimmicky stuff to theatres where they were going to show the films. Yeah. And the tingler, he put buzzers under everybody's seats. So when the tingler actually appears on screen, yeah. um, there's a person who pushes a button and everybody got like a little mild electric shock for the seats to make you all... Oh, okay. To, Castle was a pioneer of four... 4D cinema, so yeah, you yeah, experience yeah. the film as well as watching it. Yeah, genius though. Louise went. What, what? Louise went to. Um, oh, do you know um, the John Waters movies? Some of the John Waters movies. Yeah, yeah. She went to see one of his movies once, and it was. Uh, they had like these cards, and like at certain points in the movie, you had to scratch it, and it was like a sniff. It was a oh, smell. scratch a sniff, scratch a sniff experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's a similar thing in, in cinemas of Port Albert. Is it? Yeah, to call it the one. <laughs> 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 I wouldn't trust that Roger Waters movie because he made that thing with Divine, didn't he? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. yeah so I'm not having any scratches. That's what he said to us. Are you going to come on with some weird fucking? <laughs> I'm all right with that. Thank you very much. No, no, no. <laughs> much like Port Albert. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're we're going to have a uh, track, and when we come back, we're going to listen. I mean, we're going to talk about the blacklist. The blacklist. Hi. Yeah. 
one of the best bands in the UK right now. That was Peter Tramp. The track was Millions of Dead Goths, and that's from the album Grand Relapse. Go to their Bandcamp, Facebook, whatever you need to do. Just go pick the album up now. What's up, everybody? It's John Bush from Armored Saint, and you are listening to the Mass Little Bit Podcast, so blast it. Right, cool. So uh, let's talk about the Blacklist. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I can't say I'm not a fan. I've never watched it. It's a, it's huge. It's been going for uh, oh, is this 10 on, years. It's on season ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. With James Spader. But this is right up your, your uh, street, isn't it? Yeah, but this is it's just like you know a mystery wrapped in in in, 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 a, in an enigma wrapped in a riddle. It's just insanely complicated and good. And James Spader acts everybody every single week as Raymond Reddington. So what's the the general sort of so gist of the of start the off with Raymond Reddington, the concierge of crime, the number one most wanted villain on the FBI's top 10 wanted list right turns himself in the FBI okay and he says um, I'll help you solve all these mysteries and, and get all the criminals you can't actually catch because you don't know about them but I'll only speak to one person I'll only speak to Elizabeth Keane right who that day just started as a profile of the FBI and it turns out there's a relationship between them that she doesn't know about what he does and it sort of evolves over time and like her husband's not who he seems to be at all it's just wonderfully convoluted and yeah, just yeah. miles out you know, way out there you quite um, like those um, detective sort of thriller crime thriller yeah things, I, I, like, I like noir stuff I yeah, love yeah. noir stuff yeah and it has a like, slightly pulpy edge and sort of 1930s radio sort of mystery edge which the blacklist really draws on because there's all these like weird criminals who do all these really awful things as the villain of the week Right, so okay. each episode isn't like doesn't have a title; it just has the name of somebody on the blacklist. Like, um, oh, okay, uh, but you'd be like the stew maker, and then underneath number one one seven. Right, right, right. Okay, and, and it's all about that, you know the villain of the week. Is it based in modern times or is it based? Yeah, in- oh yeah, 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 absolutely. But it has that feel of sort of nineteen thirties radio shows and like you know pop stories and thrillers and blast and everything is interconnected. Yeah. I, just I mean, James Spader's just, great anyway, isn't he? Yeah, but yeah, he literally, every single week, James Spader comes on, twirls his moustache, you know, the, the proverbial, like, attacks <laughs> <laughs> everybody. He's just fucking incredible, isn't it? Absolutely incredible. Well, I think of James Spader, I just go to Stargate, straight away to the Stargate movie. That's all I think about. Oh, who Do you know Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, know, you know, every actor, you, you know, every, you just, there's a movie you think about, isn't it? Oh, Stargate. It's, it's, Stargate, I want to see by accident because I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, Fat Nigel turns up my house one night and says, do you want to go to the cinema? And I'm like, yeah. Well, what are we going to see? And he goes, hold up, who? Fat Nigel. Fat Nigel. <laughs> yeah. <I'll> t- yeah. <laughs> do you know, your friends sometimes, right? It sounds like, do you know when Bottom, he's like, oh, you know, oh, only fools knows he's like, oh, Dirty Barry. Yeah. You know? All right, so, <laughs> so Fat Nigel was called Fat, Fat Nigel because okay. obviously he's called Nigel. He was quite rotund at the time. Right. He's not some, you know, he's lost all the weight now. Yeah. Um. So, hence Fat Nigel. Yeah. Right? So he tells him, so let's go to the cinema. Yeah, let's go to the cinema. What are we going to see? Some film called Stargate. What do we know about it? Don't know all about it. Let's just go and see it. Yeah, Fair yeah. Enough. And it's one of the greatest science fiction films of, of the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the point when even my grandmother thought so, to where when we were taking a coffin when she passed away, yeah. into the church, Stargate was my theater. See? Really? Yeah. It's one of those, it's a universal film because it appeals to something. We all think like there's more to... The pyramids that meets the eye. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. And yeah. it's all about you know. It, it's the appeal of this mystery, the eternal mystery. I'm like popping my nans at like one o'clock in the morning because I know she'd be at watch society. Yeah, <laughs> that's bad. I hope to be that cool when I'm that when I'm old. old. Right. You hope to be that cool anytime, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Stargate. I mean, and you know, the 
the movie and the TV. Well, I, I highly recommend The Blacklist. I mean, the okay. first five or six seasons are on Amazon Prime. But it's on now. season 10 now, is it? Yeah, coming to season 10 this year. That's the cool. first five or six seasons are on Prime. And it hasn't lost its sort of age? No. Does it mean some, sh- no, some show? It, it has not jumped the shark. Mm, nice. So, Good to hear. Highly recommend it. It's, it's nice to hear, like, you know, a TV show given time to develop and... Because all, all too quickly, like, you know, they're like, they want something now in the first three episodes. Well, I think, yeah, because it's, it's not like a streamer show. Like, streamers judge everything on instantaneous success. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it's a CBS, I think it's a CBS show. I believe it's a CBS show. Yeah. Like okay. Um, but yeah, it's definitely worth watching. Awesome. You could just while away hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of your life watching. <laughs> this is Jeff from Naked Reagan using the mass movement. You guys need to watch uh, Bullet Train. The Bad Pit film. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so much fun. Directed by David, I would spell his name, how would you say his name? Leach? Leach? Yeah, David Leach. Yeah, the John Wick guy. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's just, um, it's a really like, sort of basic premise. It's sort of uh, a bunch of hired uh, guns, assassins, yeah. killers, whatever you want to call them, um, all found themselves on this one train, that all with the same goal of getting this briefcase. But it, it just sort of... The humour, the violence, it's all like, you know... But it's a briefcase of MacGuffin in the same way as it is in pop fiction. Yeah, 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 yes. So you never actually find out what's no. in the briefcase. No. Good, I like that idea. Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, the humour's a bit silly, but it works. Right. And, like, the action is a bit over, like, some of the stunts and that are a bit sort of over the top. But because they've put that humour in as well... Like there's one I was absolutely pissing myself for ages. Like, it's just slow motion, that, you know, there's a... There's a uh, something happens in the train and like this kind of an explosion you just see Brad, Brad Pitt flying through the air in slow motion you know he looks all hunky and all that but then this cop <laughs> oh, he looks all that you know do you know what the action no, shot no 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 no, no. You, <laughs> the word you used to describe Brad Pitt flying through the air was well he's not a bad looking guy is he <laughs> Sounds like yeah, he's he's all hunky. But like, like you know, like, he's all you know, his, his hair's like you know going back to that. <laughs> but then this coffee. You're not making it any better. You're really not like. But then this coffee pot sort of splats him in the face <laughs> like that, and it's it's just you know, it's it's really like six cents of humour. Right. Really good movie. Couple of cool little cameos, and it's like sort of in jokes um, mm-hmm. with like Sandra Bullock, uh, Ryan Reynolds, um, Tatum, Tatum O'Neill, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Brad Pitt. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, go watch it, guys. I think it's available. Uh, it's maybe Netflix, or it's coming soon to Netflix. Or one of them. Yeah. Right. Uh, I went to the cinema, honestly, <laughs> to watch it. Chris <laughs> went to his special cinema. <laughs> yeah. To watch it. But honestly, guys, it, it's, it sounds uh, like he had a special time watching it. Well, <laughs> yeah. Hunky Brad Pitt being on screen as he was, huh? Well, you like the whole sort of spy. I do, I do. I think I'd really enjoy it. Mix that with like you know action, you know, uh, you know a good act, good amount of action, good like bit slab of comedy, like yeah. you know. Um, it's a really good movie. Well, she woman said she enjoyed it. And she said you'd like it because it's bollocks. So you know, <laughs> it's <just> bollocks. <laughs> the bad paraphrasing that, and she actually says bollocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I like Brad Pitt um, as an actor. Anyway. I, I can't think of many bad steps he's taken. No, I like Brad Pitt. I think Brad Pitt's a great actor. Like what was uh, the Ocean's what? trilogy is some of the best. Yeah, man. Made. Yeah. Fury. And Fury. He's just amazing. Yeah. Fury, Fury literally broke my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if you watch, if you watch Fury and not shed a tear at the end, there's something fucking wrong with you. <laughs> I just, I just remember it like the end of that. 
So like, oh, oh no. no. But the last one's great. Yeah. Uh, Once Upon a Time in America. No, not Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hollywood. Which, yeah, yeah. Ironically, I watched last night. Oh, that's right. I did see yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. That's a great Again, movie. He uh-huh. was fantastic in Friends. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Genuinely, yeah. Yeah. See, I don't get the whole Friends thing. I mean, maybe it's a generational. I think it's because it's on. It's just always been background TV. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Bruce Willis does that in a couple of them. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Remember those because they're in it. They play not themselves. Yeah. They use what character? Charlie Sheen and well, Charlie Sheen, Jean Claude Van Damme and yeah, yeah, you know. It, it, yeah, a good way to describe, describe Friends, like Mike just said, it's sort of background TV, you know? It's just, it's not for me, like... It, it's the humour's funny, you know, and it's just, yeah, you can take it or leave it, you know, if it's on, you can drop it anywhere. It's so, not uh, for me, like... But, um, yeah, where, where would you stand with Brad Pitt? You know, best Brad Pitt? Great actor. The best Brad Pitt. Yeah. So. I'd go Fight oh. Club, I think, or uh, Seven. No. Ocean's 11, 12, and 13. I yeah? Think, yeah, I think he's... As Rusty in those films, he's absolutely brilliant. I mean, we absolutely did all the location when we went to Vegas. We did a lot of those locations because of that movie. And uh, yeah, well, I think movie. a lot of the reasons I love the Oceans films are the soundtracks because they are musically. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, my kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hello, everybody. This is Igor Cavalera from Peprick Cavalera Conspiracy, and you guys are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. Okay, um, I've been reading a book. Um, have you I, now? I have. I can <laughs> read. Yeah. Words. I learned. Words. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> words and everything. <laughs> no, it's called um, The Lamplighters. Uh, it's by Emma uh, Stonex. Um, and if you're into sort of like creepy thrillers right. uh, with sort of a background uh, in reality, you know, it's sort of, it's based on a true story. Right. So, um, 1972. No, it genuinely is like 1972. Apparently, was a big. You might remember. You were about 15. So fucking funny. It was your own thing. No, but um, yeah, 1972 in Cornwall. Apparently, the uh, the three uh, lamplighters, as they call them, they were lighthouse keepers. Mm. Uh, they went missing. But the story goes that. Uh, it was all the inside was locked up, everything was immaculate, and the, the clocks had stopped. All the clocks in the place had stopped on a particular time as well. So there's a lot of like theory as to what happened. They've never been found, no bodies, nothing like that. So there's a lot of theory as to what you know what happened. I mean, yeah, the aliens came into her and stuff. You know, the, the, in the theory bit. But this book is set in 1992, and it's uh, there's this uh, reporter who's looking to uncover what happened. So it goes, it dives into the, the stories of the wives, yeah, and their story, and I you know what, how how it's affected them. But it also juts back to nineteen seventy two, telling that story too, and uh, it's just it's creepy. Like flashbacks and sort of flash yeah, forward, flashback, yeah. flash forward. So like you know, she'll describe uh, the wife will say like you know how they were, and then he you know he goes off to work. Then it'll be his version of events leading up to. How they, how and when they went missing. Right. Okay. Uh, obviously, it's the the end of the book. Then have to be sort of finished off by the author. Uh, fantastic book, though. Really, really good. Creepy. Uh, Who publishes it? Uh, it's published by uh, Picador, I believe. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, it was it came out last year. Uh, yeah, March last year. Uh, fantastic book. I, I I'd seen it a couple of times, but it was you know the end of my list. Like you know, I have a list of books at any given time. 
and I finally got around to it, and it was it's, uh, it was all it cracked up to be. Fantastic book, creepy as shit. So that's the Lamplighters by Emma. Emma Stonex, yeah. But you know when, when you get into it, like the, when the author really knows the shit. Yeah. It's like she really like the way she described how intricate they were and how, you know, how they looked after the lighthouse, you know, and it's just little things like that, little details, like you know the, the way they polish the brass every night because they had they had a certain pride. <laughs> Just because three fellas, they can't polish the brass together. <laughs> Chris likes brass polishing. Brass polishing? Yeah. You know, but yeah, just the way she describes them, you'd think maybe she was, but you know, you'd think the author had lived this life. Yeah. Um, fantastic book. So anybody go if anybody wants to come check it out, I'd certainly recommend they do so. Yo, what's up? This is Billy from Biohazard Power Flow and Billy Bio. You're listening to Mass Movement Presents. Peace. With that, it's time for a review from Richie. Richie, take, take it away. Take it away, Rich. My name is Richard. I recently watched the 2022 movie Skinamarink. I don't know why, I just did. So if you want to learn how to interior design in the dark, or you're a subscriber of Doorframe Weekly, this is a film for you. Where the only scary thing was someone actually thought this would be a good idea for a movie. It follows two pairs of annoying kids' feet around a house for over two hours. Yes, two hours that I will never get back. You call this an arty film? It was shit. Well, thanks for that, Rich. <laughs> Moving on. Let's have another track, okay? Yeah. Hi, this is Barney Veer from Night Farm Death. And through my many years of association, you're listening to Mass Movement. From their self-titled album that was going off with going off um they're from manchester heavy as you like awesome band uh one to look out for in the future go check them out now on Bandcamp or facebook uh they got a new album come out i believe so you need to go pick that up immediately okay cool so um moving on to uh you know we always we uh, like to dive into two disney so we're gonna look at two sort of recent dish disney movies that came out uh first of all i haven't seen this one yet so Try and be as spoiler-free as you can, please, guys. Strange one. It's, it's Strange uh, world. They all die in the end. Yeah. Bollocks. Fucking hell, Mike. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, a science fiction film from Disney. Yeah. It's basically um, Journey to the Centre of the Earth. Okay. Redone Disney style. Nice. Uh, for the 21st century. Okay, cool. Who's it? Um, but with bigger daddy issues. 
Yeah, <laughs> with, with huge daddy issues. It's, yeah, dad, <laughs> if Jules Verne had daddy issues, this is the film he would have written had he been alive a hundred years later. <laughs> the animation looks kind of like um, what Disney have been going with in recent years. Like yeah, it's Big Hero Six sort of. Yeah, um, from you know movies from there, like you know that. Yeah, from it's, that. It's, it's more yeah. So it's um, think Coco, think yeah, um, and Canto. That got sort of animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this oh, came out in November. Yeah. Um, Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid's in it. Dennis Quaid's in it. Yeah, and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Uh, so, what's uh, what's their characters? Father and son. Oh, it is. yeah. Okay. So, you hence the daddy issues we were talking about. Ah, right, okay. Okay. So, yeah. Daddy issues form a very big part of this film. It's about acceptance, about moving on, about, you know, learning from the lessons of the past and sort of seeing the bigger picture rather than looking for an immediate solution to any crisis. Okay. Um, mixed with Journey to the Center of the Earth. And Alan, Alan, Alan uh, Tiddick. Tiddick. Yeah, well, Alan Tiddick's awesome. He's, fucking, he's brilliant in everything, yeah. He is responsible for one of my greatest, one of the quotes that made me laugh the most in the last couple of years. Go on. Which is, um, maybe, I should, maybe I should get the disguise and grow a moustache, but then I'll have to be a firefighter or a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's in Resident Alien. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 he is. Yeah, Resident Alien is so funny. I think it's it's well off the boil towards the end of season two. I, I really do think that. Um, and I need to get back to the legacy yeah. of season one, which was just hysterical. He's made for that role. He he looks. He's, he got that face that looks a bit sort of otherworldly. Anyway, you know, <laughs> it's just out there, like, you know, stunned sort of. You know, I I don't know what's going on. I'm constantly not surprised by life around him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're bitterly disappointed by it, like yeah. me. But they were like, you know, they must have wrote that and thought, oh my God, I'm getting, you know, I have this. Well, the comic is really, really funny as well. And really. That's sort of what you read, the comic, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, um, stay with Disney. I uh, I watched Pinocchio, uh, the the new version, with the, the new Disney version, because there's a Guillermo del Toro version. So is it the Tom Hanks one? This is the Tom Hanks one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm so not watching That's that. on Disney Plus. I'm not watching, and it's not because of Tom Hanks. It's just I saw the cartoon of Pinocchio and I broke my fucking heart. I'm, <laughs> I'm not watching a live adaptation, which will be, no, no. I've got an issue to say Donald by the end of this one. No, they don't, no. Well, has he become a real boy? <laughs> Pinocchio. Yeah, so it's Tom Hanks as um, Geppetto, and... Yeah, it's, it, it all kind of stays true to the you know the animated movie we all know with the Disney you know the, the live action Pinocchio looks exactly the same. Um, Jimmy Cricket looks slightly different, yeah. slightly different look. It's still, uh, got, it's still got the same feel. Still feels like the original. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it stays um, true to that, and you can see where like a little bit where the, do you know some of like as Disney films, some Disney films have aged a little bit dodgily, you know. Mm. And Pinocchio can be seen as one of those, I think. And you can see where they've sidestepped that a little bit. Yeah. Did it make you cry? No. No? No. Well, you guys are the biggest putty on the face of the planet. <laughs> I think it's quite safe to say they might not make us all as upset as... I don't know. I, I, I can turn the, 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 te- the tears on quite easily. Like Dumbo every time. Well, yeah, but Dumbo is genuinely it's upsetting. That's not like you... Time. Yeah. I've only seen E.T. once, I'll never see it again. Yeah. You know, seen Double once, never going to see it again, no attention. In Day of the Dolphin, seen it once, then... Any films in which animals suffer, Fox and Hound, fucking dead. Any films in which animals suffer, yeah. or are made to suffer, or get upset, I'm not watching. Rocky movies? Well, you could argue there's still loads of big dumb animal in that. <laughs> <laughs> no, with Rocky, I just, I just find him sort of very... Um, 
he, he's always striving for for to be, to be better, well, and he doesn't always Rocky's get there. He's a perpetual underdog in every yeah. single film, yeah. and the world, even when he succeeds, the world shit on him. He's a trier. He's one of the triers, isn't he? Paulie craps on him yeah, all yeah, the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, And Rocky always forgives him and keeps moving forward and keeps doing what he's got to do. But their relationship comes yeah. full full circle, then there by the time uh, Rocky Balboa came around, uh, Paulie and and Rocky's relationship you know because they realize they've only got each other now yeah everyone else has died yeah um so How yeah did you get from pinocchio to rock oh i don't know <laughs> uh, just, i can't remember japan punching anyone yeah it's, it's what, what we do it is in this version or dying in japan to make both puts pinocchio together and jimmy Cook says well what's gonna happen to him and says, if he dies he dies <laughs> So yeah, you've got Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt as uh, the voice of Jimmy Cricket. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, it is heartbreaking that uh, the Geppetto and Tom Hanks is great, you know, he's great and everything, you know, but it is heartbreaking that all he wants is this. It dives into that a bit as well about his wife and stuff mm-hmm. and dying. Uh, so it's, it has is- moments of up in it, which is the yeah. most heartbreaking ten minutes of any Disney film yep. ever yeah. made. Up slays me every time. Yeah, it's just I cannot, I can't even. Nope. No, nope. 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 Let's just not go there. Nope. No. 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 Never. Uh, Luke Evans is in it as well. Uh, I like him. He's the um, uh, I can't forget what his name is. It's called like he's the boat. Uh, he's the cap- boat captain that takes him off to like the fancy uh, the fancy land. Oh, yeah. Um He's really good now. And who knew he had a voice? He had a singing voice. Oh, look at him. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. But, um, he, he was in They Missed the Winnie Was he really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure yeah, so um, badass. Absolutely badass movie. I love Luke Evans the same way you look at Brad Pitt. Do you? Oh, yeah. He's a good looking fella as well. Yeah, yeah. And he's from Wales. And he's very susceptible to a bit of the dick, apparently. Is he? So, you know, you'd, have, you'd stand a better chance with Luke Evans than you would with Brad Pitt. Is he really? Yeah. He's not gay, is he? Have a look. Surely not. There he is. Look there. Doesn't say. Personal life. <laughs> we're we're carrying on Luke Evans personally. He's openly gay. Wow. Uh, thank you very much. Well, I never. <laughs> That's crazy. But you stand a better chance with Luke than you would with Brad. Well, I don't know. I don't want Brad down, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Brad and wrestling you good and proper. I think you. Uh, you need to run hypno with Brad. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston wiggle, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why, why, why? Right, when you said that Jennifer Aniston wiggle, was all I could think of, like the Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the Buffalo Bill movie. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, okay, so that's uh, Pinocchio, that's on Disney+, Plus. Mm. so uh, go and check that out. I fully urge you to. Hi, this is Alex Webster from Cannibal Corpse, and you're listening to Mass Movements Presents. Let's move on to... Uh, our deep dive for this week. Cryptic Slaughter. Cryptic <laughs> Slaughter. New yeah. Life. Badass band. Uh, Absolutely incredible band. Yeah, uh, I'd agree with that. But um, let's go through their discography first of all then. So it's Convicted in 1986, mm-hmm. Money Talks in 87, Stream of Consciousness in 88, and then Speak Your Peace in 1990. Right. And then they knocked it on the head. They did, and now they're back. Are they back really? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Well. So, um... I've actually I interviewed uh, is it Les Evans. Yeah, yeah. The guitarist when Relapse originally reissued Convicted and Money Talks. Okay. Um, and he's a really, really sweet guy. Yeah. And Scott Peterson is at some point going to be on the cast with us. Nice. Um, That's what I'm looking forward to. So, yeah. 
I like, we like having drummers on the uh, on the cast. We do like having drummers on the cast. We do. We do. Um, so where do you stand? Where, where's what's the best uh, album? Or where, what's your what's your history with them? First of all, well, so Friday Rock Show, Tommy Vance, nineteen eighty six. Yeah, he played Low Life on the show when the album was released. Okay, so I heard this track and it was absolutely mind blowing because it's like one of the fastest things I'd ever heard at that point. They are they are fast as fuck. Bill Crooks coming in and just his vocal of that. Yeah, like Scott Peterson's incredibly frantic drums and like Les Evans just blasting away on this guitar. Yeah, yeah. And um, heard that and started, I could get the fucking record. Went and spill it and it was there. Yeah, yeah. And I picked it up, put it on. So this is, con- sorry, this is Money Talks, you said? No, this is Convicted. Convicted, okay. In 1986. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were been about 35 then, weren't you? I was, yeah. Yeah. Um, I- <laughs> <laughs> Cryptic Slaughter are also the reason I'm- I bumped into Pickens first time. Matt Pickens. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> a few weeks ago when we were all in the car, and you two, we we me and Mike looked behind, and you two were having a cuddle when we were talking about cryptic slaughter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's sweet. So, yeah, what's that story then? So we went to see some fucking dreadful metal band at uh, in Bridgham Rack in like eighty, ten or eighty six, beginning of eighty seven. It must have been. Yeah, and I, I had an old baseball cap, like. Put the Cryptic Slaughter logo on the on the bottom of the brim, and I was wearing yeah. and picking song. We were this, and we just started talking about music because he was the only other person I'd met who'd heard of Cryptic Slaughter because he heard Low Life on the same show, uh, of, show. Yeah. yeah, Friday Night Rock Show that I had, and he bought the record as well. So you just drawn, you just scribbled it on your hat, are you? That's scribble. No, I can fucking crayon. No, <laughs> I actually, you know, I could, there was a time when I could do shit properly, like I had full use of my hands, so I put the logo on. Uh, fabric paint and all that kind of stuff. Nice. Um, yeah. That was time. Yeah, so, me and about each other. So, like, the patches... Sorry, I'm going off the subject here. Yeah. This is interesting me up here. So, patches weren't a thing then, though, at, at that yeah, point. Yeah, patches, patches were a But you just couldn't get cryptic slaughter. You, you, you couldn't find the slaughter patch. Yeah, yeah. You know, fuck <laughs> <laughs> And, um, yeah, so patches were, were great because you'd sew them onto your, your denim jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that, but you, there was only, like, uh, finite amount of patches you could find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like punk patches you could get through the post. Yeah. Um, from bands who just like take a piece of cloth and screen printed a ton of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, store I'd done that at the time that I knew of. Okay. So I did that on the on the baseball cap. That was it. Yeah, that's what I bumped into Pickens. Okay, that's a nice. Um, I like for me, convicted in money talks are their two greatest moments. Well, the other two, like, did they go off the boil They're a bit? pretty good. I mean, it's like a band evolving and trying to find the sound in a scene that was constantly changing as well. So they were slowing down, the, the songs were becoming longer. Um, and to, you know, 15, 16, 17, you know, me at the time. Yeah. You're slowing down, man, you're slowing down. <laughs> so, you know, I, I kind of lost interest in that. But those two records are timeless. What about you, Mike? Where do you stand with, uh, are you a fan? I'm going to be honest, I am going to. No, I like, you should listen so, to them, you will. So, so you yes, know. which is well convicted. 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 Yeah. That's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same. It was only when I started, like, sort of diving back into, like, I, uh, a few years back, I was, like, yeah. uh, I started listening to the R.I. again and old yeah. school COC and uh, you, you just go back with, you know, you start, who, who are they like and all that. And then I came across Cryptic Slaughter and, um, yeah. Love him. Well, they started. And they got they got Rob uh, Blasco, who's Nazi's band. He was in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He was um, on the first from the first album because when they first started, there was just, it was the three of them. It was like Bill Crooks was the bass player and the vocalist. Yeah. And then Les Les was the guitar player and Scott was the drummer. 
And then to give him sort of a more dynamic approach to live performances, yeah. Crook just became the vocalist and Blasco came in as the bass player. Rob, what is Chops? I don't know his second, I don't remember his second. Nicholson. That's him. Yeah. Came in as the bass player. So they became a four piece and that four piece lasted up until um, the band split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Scott, um, Scott Peterson as well. Is that the Scott Peterson? Wasn't there Scott Peterson that joined Nuclear Assault towards the end? Towards like the... No, no, no. Was it Scott Peterson? No, no. So, so they started playing They started playing out again. Yeah. They started playing out again as Low Life because Blasco didn't want him to use the Cryptic Slaughter name. Oh, okay. Despite the fact that, you know, he was, wasn't was an original member of the band. Right, 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 right. Relent, and they, they started playing out as Low Life and now they're playing out as Cryptic Slaughter again. So I'm hoping there's going to be some new music. Okay. Um, but Bill Crooks has disappeared off the face of the planet. I don't know what Bill's doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, not even sure that Bill Crooks, I think... As I remember, as legend has it, Bill Crooks isn't his real name. Right. Um, it's something sort of similar. Right. Um, and he's got some incredibly, again, as urban legend, have you believe, Bill Crooks has some like incredibly important sort of white-collar job somewhere. Right. And he doesn't want anything to do with cryptic stuff or playing music because that was then and this is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is fine. And Scotland and Les are still playing. They've got a new lineup, and the band is still as good as they ever were. If you just click on any, like, just having Cryptic Slaughter live yeah, yeah, yeah. and some like the recent metal fest performances have come up and you see them and it's just mind-blowing. So are they going to be doing new music or is it just sort of live? I hope so. Thing? I hope so. If they, come, if they hit the UK yeah. and give a shit where I've got to go, yeah. I'm going. Yeah. Literally, I don't care how far I've got to drive, I'm going to go see Cryptic Slaughter. If there's one band you could bring back, who would it be? No, I could... No, not from the dead or anything like that. Just a, a band who was still sort of everyone's living and... Would you like to see? See, that's no, that's the, I, I can't. You can't narrow it down to just one because there's a myriad of bands I want to see. Okay. I'd want to bring back. Um, no, I, I don't I think it'll maybe Bad Brains. Well, they're still around in some. Yeah, so I'm saying, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, but the bands still exist. It's not like bringing them back. You could HR now. It wouldn't be the, the same. No, hell no. Bad Brains now wouldn't be the same seeing them. No, 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 no. It wouldn't be the same seeing them back in their prime because no. they are. They're all all old men, ill than I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shipping the lad from Lamagon to do some of the more aggressive stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which he does, well. he does, yeah. He does, yeah. To be fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's uh, good, well, who they should be using as their thing is Denzel Curry. Was his, that the? Uh, no, 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 no. Sorry. Yeah, the, the rapper who did. He's oh he yeah, he was the version of um, I Against I. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it is mm. mind blowingly good. Oh, well, he hits all the HR bits perfectly. Oh, you might. Anybody you bring back or you? No, because what bands are this course? There's no point. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind the original line of each seventeen getting back together and eating all the jack potatoes they can. Um, <laughs> I'm running each other over. Yeah, yeah. Jamie, did somebody get up on TV the other day with that band? I was like, I don't recognise any of them. Turns out only one of them is the one that nobody knows. You know what? There is. I would go with Green's Clearwater Revival. Oh, good, good choice. I would like to see Green's Clearwater okay. Revival. Okay. Nice. Uh, their original lineup. Nice. Doing that. Except I can't because the rhythm guitar is dead. Yeah, so uh, that's the end of that. Every time I died, because they, they hit that groove, yeah. and everything was really amazing, and then it just went, yeah. oh, that was good. Plus, Anthrax with John Bush. Just bring back John Bush. <laughs> see, see, I'm excited see that there might be a John Bush year at all with just John Bush. Yeah, and uh, I, yeah. Paul... I don't care who the backing back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, long as, they bring, as long as they bring Frankie Bello back in. I like Frankie. Yeah. As long as Frankie Bello yeah, back yeah. in, that would be fantastic. I, I, want, I want just I want John Bush to music from everything's ever done. Every band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Can you deliver? <laughs> cool. So we went off uh, off uh, off subject a little bit there, but that was uh, cryptic slaughter. Cryptic slaughter. One of the original crossover thrash hardcore bands who did it better than ninety nine percent of bands out there. Go check them out. Yep, Max Money Talks. Right. <laughs> okay, as promised, I also managed to catch up with uh, Jonathan Walker, the man behind Slam Masters Wrestling. They're based out of South Wales, and they've got a massive event coming up in Cardiff on uh, March the 12th, the Sunday, March the 12th, in Portland House in Butte Street. Tickets are available now. Uh, features like a Wild Boar, Mark Andrews, Zia Brookside, and a, a whole bunch of others uh, would not to be missed. I had a chance to chat with John, and this is what we had to say. Okay, so uh, yeah, first and foremost, uh, we're here to talk about the, uh, the Back to the Banking Hall uh, at Portland House. Uh, Cardiff on March 12th. Um, tell us a little bit about the card and what we can expect then, John. Okay, well, uh, the, the card is going to be showcasing some of the best talent in uh, in in Wales. Uh, so we got Mark Andrews, we got Wild Boar, we got Flash Morgan Webster, we've got Danny Luna, we've got Nico Angelo, among others. And likewise, some of the best names uh, from the wider UK scene as well. Uh, so we've got Zaya Brookside, we've got L.A. Taylor, we've got the former TNA uh, exhibition champion, uh, British legend Doug Williams. And I saw Doug Williams on there, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> had, had to have him back. Yeah, and, legend. Yeah, and man like Therese as well, one of the one of the big uh, one of the well one of the the top up and coming um, names. He's uh, due to go, start uh, appearing on shows on America as well, so he's our he's our champion. So. Yeah, it, it, it'll be a, a lineup really that arguably rivals any in the UK at the moment. And um, yeah, it's suit, it's content is suitable for all. Excellent. I mean, yeah, so you mentioned some of the, uh, the bigger names there. Um, yeah. Is there anybody on the card that we should particularly be uh, excited about or look out for? In, in terms of people who, who, that you perhaps might not be that? Yeah, in, in perhaps something like yeah, newer talent. Yeah, so so probably the the, the, the these two, um, two or three. So okay. the, the first one would be James Ellis, who's having a bit of a breakout year at, at the moment. So he's um, he's only been wrestling about two years or so post COVID, um, but he's come on leaps and bounds. He's gonna start getting himself booked across the UK. Uh, we've got Mikey Fine, who I've known. For quite a while, um, he's got everything you could possibly want in a wrestler. He's uh, he's he's not a small guy. He he's he's quite tall. He's quite muscular. He's quite big, yeah. and he has such high levels of charisma as well. Awesome. Uh, so he he he's got everything. He just needs yeah. to put it all together. Uh, and then Shane Hooker as well. Um, he's a young guy. Uh, he can do incredible uh, acrobatics. So if you're into flippy stuff. Shane Hook is your guy, so, so he's going to want to much bigger things as well. So, where, where do you find these guys? I mean, um, do you have any sort of do you have a, a school or do you have a development um, thing or anything like that? Or do you just no, no, um, um, you know pluck them from sort of all over here and there? Yeah, so 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 in Wales is uh, Wales is blessed to have quite a few training schools at the moment. So mm-hmm. the the biggest one uh, would be. Um, no, it's New Wave Wrestling. It's yeah. kind of an offshoot of what Dragon Pro was. So back in the day, Dragon Pro Wrestling uh, was headed up by uh, Wild Boar, and and he helped bring through um, 
a generation of, of yeah. talent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Since since then, uh, Bronco Brandon White has took took it over. Um, the likes of Wild Boar and uh, Danny Jones is still coaching, and they're British bringing through this new generation of Welsh wrestlers. So that that that's the place really to to look for say new talent. Um, other, other than that, um, the the talent in Wales has been established for a while. And, and likewise, I'm a bit of a wrestling nerd, really. So I've yeah, been exactly. uh, been uh, keeping a close eye on the on the British scene for for quite for quite some time. Well, yeah, I mean, um, it was you know it was sort of thriving. Well, it is still thriving um, for the last sort of 10, 15 years almost now. Um, there was sort of like people who were sort of um, a bit worried when WWE came in with NXT UK. That, that might have an adverse effect, but it's probably had um, a, quite a good effect. I, by the, you know, from the outside at least. Yeah, I, I think for a while there was a pain <clears throat> period. So the it, it's almost as if WWE took away um, the the top the top level. So yeah. all of a sudden you had your main events in a lot of promotions in the UK. They they were gone. Yeah, and then yeah. you had the I suppose the the people who would have naturally progressed to become main event talent. Yeah. But they were perhaps thrust into a position where they maybe weren't quite ready from a, from a fan's perspective. Okay. So there was a, a small period of, say, lo- lower crowds, but then, of course, COVID hit, so there was no no wrestling at all. Um, but in on the positive side of it, those talents who, say, were thrust into higher spots on shows than they perhaps would have been otherwise, yeah, uh, they've now got this experience and they've developed, and likewise now the since NXT UK closed, and all of a sudden you see so your old top tier talent is now back back on the scene. The sh- the shows are stronger than than, than ever. Yeah, and, that, that's kind of what I get. Yeah, I mean, as you say, yeah, as you explained, the sort of that sort of mid card talent had a, you know they didn't get plucked, had their chance to shine, and now they're shining along with the people who've come back, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, so it's a it's been a good thing, I think, but um. So yeah, you formed in two thousand nineteen. Is that right, uh, Slam? Yeah, yes, it, it is. Um, good, good research. Um, <laughs> yeah. So in in twenty nineteen, um, I'm a say a former, uh, very low level wrestler my, myself. So um, okay. I, I I was on a f- small small shows in the su- su- South Wales area. Yeah. Um, and and at the time, the the scene was was quite quite fractured in a sense that. If you trained in this place, you couldn't train in the other place. And if you're on this show, you couldn't work this show. Really? And you couldn't talk to this person because you might talk to someone else. And it, it, wow, it was okay. um, so me and um a guy who wrestled by he still wrestles by the name of uh, Big D. Uh, yeah. we were on a show together, and as a real big throwaway comment, uh, we just said, I reckon we could do a show and Nothing really more was said of it. Uh, <laughs> we picked it back up in about a week or so, and we just offered a spot on the show to anyone from any training school. Uh, we did it in our local um, rugby club as well, yeah. and it, it it went it went quite well. We had a decent turnout by 2019 South Wales Wrestling Show standards, and we we did a, a lot to almost reunite. The say the the lower end of, of the scene at, at the time because okay. at that point it was very rare for people from different training schools to be on the same show and then after it of course it's not the only thing that fixed it all yeah uh, people from different training schools they started to get out places where perhaps they, they hadn't been for a little while so I think it did a lot of good 
Um, and yeah, it, it kind of grew from from there. So we we started off with just people we knew and trainees, but then we uh, we had some more established talent in. Okay. Um, and after uh, we come back from COVID, really, it's gone from strength to strength. So we've worked with some of the the biggest names in the UK. We've uh, we've had Sunshine Machine um, with us, Chuck Mambutiki Cooper. We've had uh, Doug Williams. We've had yeah. um, uh, Joel Redman. We've uh, we've had Mariah May as our inaugural women's champion. Uh, she's doing really good things now out in uh, out in Japan. Um, and we had our first uh, imported talent on our last show, uh, Ace Austin, who's... Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's in New Japan Impact Wrestling. He, he's arguably one of, like, the best young wrestler in, in, in the world. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. had him in Portland House in October. Uh, so, yeah, it, like, the name has grown. Um, we were getting crowds which are on par with many, say, in, in the UK, aside from, like, your, your progresses in, in yeah. London, which are... Which, to be fair, they're twelve years ahead. <laughs> That's maybe, course, yeah, maybe a, bit, yeah. a bit a bit longer. They're more established we... at this point, aren't they? It, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's gone from strength to strength. It, it's come a long way from, say, a, a bunch of trainees in your village rugby club when you're not really convinced anyone's going to turn up to to watch you. So it's <laughs> uh, it, it's it's done well. So um, I mean, you know, you've sort of had a look at some of the bills you've put on, uh, the cards you've put on, um. You, you sort of go around all the South Wales area. Is that a sort of something you purposely do to, to sort of make it accessible for everyone? Or is it just yeah. a matter of sort of, you know, if and whatever's available sort of thing? In terms of talent or, or venue? Uh, the venue. Yeah, so the venues, um, we've primarily been based around Pontypridd. So we've done yeah. a couple of shows in Pontypridd, a couple of shows in Bather. Uh, we did go up to... Um, uh, Ab- Aberdeen uh, last year as well. Um, it's kind of been an ambition to do something in Cardiff. Yeah. Um, for for me, so uh, so I've always seen that as like the big the big step. Yeah. And it strangely fell on my lap last last year to uh to get it uh, to get it going. But yeah. In yeah, uh, like we take pride in the shows being family friendly. Um, yeah. I I I wouldn't want to do say a uh, an eighteen plus show and um, okay. one of the venues that we looked at um would only want 18 plus um last okay. year so it, yeah, it's part, yeah. part reason why we ended up in in portland house there's other reasons why it's, it's a great venue it it had some good history with wrestling in there as well uh, but yeah I, I like the fact that we're family friendly i like the fact that uh we promote women's wrestling as well yeah. not that many promotions in wales do um so i think that helps us stand out just just uh just a, a little bit why is that is, um, it, is it a lack of talent or is it um just sort of you know they pretty concentrate on the uh, the male wrestling or yeah probably a bit of both it's not a, a huge amount of say show ready or show um there's not that many welsh wrestling um females who are on shows um there's very very few so that, okay. that, that that's ultimately uh the main reason so okay. of course if you bring in an outside talent you need to pay the expenses uh, and what have you and yeah especially with the way things are um every pound and every ticket counts so 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 that that is a uh, that is that is one of the reasons but yeah I, like i've on the other side of it as well i've got a wrestling mad daughter and i'm really <laughs> 
keen on like showing her like good women's res- wrestling. Yeah, and, yeah, and she and she loves it when when they come out. So 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 I'm kind I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of uh, guided in that in that way as well. Of course, yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, you know, Sam Masters is what uh, four years old now. Where would you like to see it in in, in say ten years time? Uh, well, if we could carry on going where we are, it would be great to get into a point where say we could run monthly shows in perhaps different areas of, of Wales yeah. and they would just sell out because of the name, uh, which we're, we're not in that, that anywhere near that at, at the moment, like, like the shows sell well. Yeah. Um, but we have, we of course haven't got that say brand recognition by, by any means. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So that, that would be great. So it'd be great if we get to the point where we put a poster up or we make an announcement, it sells out. Um, I, I'd love to work with, um, like more, say, imported um, talent as well. Yeah, so I'd love yeah. to get people from America on re- regularly. Uh, yeah, I'd love to get some from Japan uh, on, yeah, on, yeah. on the show as well. I, I think, yeah, just like, <laughs> just so it could be seen, perhaps as like doesn't necessarily have to be seen as the biggest or or the best in Wales, but like something that's perhaps a little bit different yeah. and does attract, say, the talent. Maybe you can find el- elsewhere. And, and of course, a, a show that everyone can enjoy. So, like, like you'll never go down the route of uh, blood and guts and, th- and things like that. I just, some people love it, and some people who perform it are great. It's just not my thing. It's just not in the vision for for Slam Masters. So, yeah, like, like be like really, really established as like a good show that attracts everyone from different different parts of of the wrestling world. And yeah. So sells out with ideally sells out with minimal effort. Cool. I mean, yeah, you know, it's good that you you mentioned sort of like you like to be sort of the brand recognition and, and that. And it does seem to be more people are checking out indie wrestling than ever before. Now, I mean, I remember. I'm not sure how old you are, but I remember the '90s when it, British wrestling you had to sort of you had people dressed as like Kane and Undertaker and. Just to get yeah. people through the door, do you know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was an awful, awful time. <laughs> well, well, I'm nearly 40, so I'm not far off that. So yeah, I yeah. I can't really remember a British wrestling scene. Okay. I, as far as I was aware, they what it wasn't there wasn't one. Yeah, I missed, it was, like, the, it was, like, it was a right? imitation of the U, of the US of WWE, basically, WF, you know. Yeah, like like I've seen like posters and things like I say recently, like, like like the last however many years of like old old shows and stuff. Yeah, I I I, I had no knowledge of it at all. Like, I was really I was like a super fan. But yeah, yeah. So so, so I, in theory, I should have been aware of it. Uh, but yeah, I I I wasn't aware of a, a scene at all. So yeah, it's great that there's so much going on now because yeah. I'm sure when I was younger and even like early twenties and, and and things like I I'm sure I would have loved it if. They were shows on like 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 around me, yeah. And especially then, like where I, I suppose there's people who have like followed the the likes of like Mark Andrews and uh, say Pete Dunn, like go from like a le- like a, a little hall to like a bigger venue to a bigger venue to then a big show, then like, to see them on like the biggest stage. Like I yeah, thought that'd yeah. be really like like really good as a fan as well to to see. So yeah, I I would love that. Feel as though yeah, I, it- I was born at the wrong era. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm like uh, I'm 46, so I kind of yeah. I, I I always joke that I, I saw an um, Kane versus Mankind in a cage in Bridgend Rec. Nice, <laughs> you know. Um, Did they look like them? 
Uh, not really. You put a mask on him. You know, <laughs> not even from a distance. No, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. Kane had a wig on, and you know, it was. Uh, it was awful. But um, Perfect. yeah. So it's, you know, it's good to see the UK wrestling is in such a good place. You know, um. So you mentioned sort of your 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 person. Uh, you know, your a wrestling uh, fan. Um, what was your start in wrestling? What was your, what, you know, personally, what was your first moment you realized, damn, I love this? Uh, so it would have been SummerSlam 91. So okay, yeah. that was back in the day when, like, not that many people had Sky. So yeah. it was someone in the street had Sky. I think it was my next door neighbor. Yeah. And I think my brother was a couple years older than me. I'd started talking about wrestling, but I'm yeah. not sure how he knew about it because I'm pretty sure in the school, there may be one person in the whole school had Sky, something, something, something yeah. like that. It's become exactly a thing. Me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, the next, it must have been the day or two after it'd been on, we had the the uh, the, the VHS taped from, from Sky, and I remember yeah. watching it. And I think that was the first time I'd ever really seen wrestling unless i'd like caught a little bit because we didn't have sky in, in our house so i don't yeah. think i would have been exposed to it um be- before that uh so, so yeah from from me really i i i can always remember it was bret hart and mr perfect was the match i was obsessed with yeah uh, which is strange because back then it was all hulk hogan ultimate warrior in terms yeah. of like magazine stuff and i would i would have only been about what was 91 so i'd be what eight nine yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So it, it it must have it must have been so different to everything else that was on on the show for like for a young person to to watch at the time for it to like yeah. really, really stand stand out. Yeah, I can remember that was the match I always used to watch, rewind, watch, rewind while, while playing with my figures. Like. It still stands up as a classic match, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, who's your favorite wrestler of all time then? Uh, Oh, go on, go three because I, I find it so three, hard. Yeah, to... yeah, different eras, isn't it? it yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult. Like, it probably changes, but but I'll say like Bret Hart for the reason like he could be a good guy, he could be a bad guy, he could have a match yeah. against anyone, yeah. he could talk, he could do anything. Like, yeah. like Bret Bret Hart's no doubt one of the best of all, all time. Yeah, um, I always like Razor Ramon as well. And okay. um, I thought he had everything as well again again similar criteria could be a bad guy be a good guy ridiculous amount of charisma as well yeah like, watch his old matches back he can just stand still and the crowd just go nuts <laughs> i always find i always find him underrated yeah yeah oh, definitely like yeah. it's such a shame that he, that he never had a a world like a like a main world champion yeah yeah like yeah. he's like intercontinental leaves us tag like like he never had like the the big title the belt. yeah 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 and uh I'm a massive CM Punk fan as well. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah, like, like I think he was in his um, like WWE era, and I think he he was so good. Like, like I think at then he was so above everyone, and yeah. and, and I just yeah, like, like, like I just think he was awesome. I really enjoyed his his uh, almost his rodeo tour in AEW <laughs> as well. Yeah. If, if, he, <laughs> if he is done, yeah, I thought I thought like. For someone who'd been out for so long, like, like he still had it uh, sure, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he could probably still go as well. Like if he did sort AEW out, or I, I don't think uh, Triple H would have. Well, Triple H would have him back because he'd be good for business. But, yeah. uh, oh yeah, you but, would, like, yeah. He, he never, would do a lot. He'd never put in business in front of some uh, personal problem, would he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he would just uh, 
edit out that photo of him. Remember when Punk was in UFC and uh, yeah. there was a photo of like Triple H like beaming? Like, yeah, know? yeah. You just have to not show him that photo. Like. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to ask you, who's if you if you could pick somebody uh, to wrestle for you for the night, current wrestler, who would it be? Uh, okay, so bit of a long-winded story about this, and this has got this has got history. So okay. I did a I weirdly I did a podcast during lockdown yeah. in uh, in 2020, and I had a similar question, and I said because he'd been over here uh, and he worked wrestling TNT in Liverpool not that long before lockdown. I yeah. said one day I would love to have Ace Austin on a show. Oh, never! And it came true. Wow! So. I, whoever I pick, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be out there in the universe. Go on in, put so, it Yeah, I would love to work with Matt Cardona. Okay, uh, cool. I I think he's, um, I think he's like the ultimate person you could get as an independent wrestler on a show. Yeah, like he is. He's got such great name value. He's, um, he's no doubt going to attract so many fans and. Yeah. His in ring ring work is, is brilliant. Um, he might be in might he might be a few years ahead of our wage budget, admittedly. But <laughs> I'll put it out in the universe, and you never know. And see it what comes back. Austin. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, um, so where we uh, where can people buy tickets, and if they want to buy a ticket, uh, so if you want to buy a ticket, please please do. Uh, you can buy them on our, our website, which is slammasterswrestling.com. Okay. Um, You've got different options to pay, so you can do PayPal or or your your credit credit cards. Uh, all re- really strict, simple, and secure. Uh, yep, slamwrestlingwrestling.com. If we don't sell out, we'll have some on the day, and um, we're ahead sales wise than we were last time though. Nice. And 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 we did officially sell. We had a few no no shows um, yeah. last time, um, but yeah, it, it looks like it's heading towards a sellout. Excellent. Are you, 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 on, you on the socials? Do you want to plug your socials? Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's just Slam Masters Wrestling. So we're on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And yeah, that's that's the username on, on both. Sweet. Okay, John. Cool. Well, thank you for your time. Good luck with the uh, the show. Um, I'll, I'll be there in attendance. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Brilliant. Hi, this is H from Rain, and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast. Good idea, that. I heartily endorse this podcast. Right, let's give some shout-outs. Uh, damage as usual for you know sponsoring this. Yep, whatever it is. Critics <laughs> Otherwise, they've been they've been no Free love. They've been also, hey, no Scotland. love between you and Pickens. Hey Scotland. Hey hey you know hey Les and BBC. We're couching the love with Pickens. The love the the third yard year old. BBC, keep it going. I like yeah. you. Keep it going, Auntie. <laughs> stigma, fucking stigma. Stigma. It's got to be stigma. Stigma all the way. Yeah. Vinny, keep. Keep doing the wrestling, brother. We believe in you. Yep. Keep doing the wrestling, but getting the wrestling as well. Yeah, yeah. Fucking A. Right. Let's get out of here. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Bugger off. We'll catch you soon. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. Bye, ladies. Mm. Movement possessed. Movement possessed.